What's up? This is Jerry from Papa Roach. You are on ironcityrocks.com. Um, I'm Ben Brees from Ask Alexandria, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Lita Ford. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 210 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host John coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 210, we're going to be talking to a couple bands who are on this year's Carnival of Madness tour, which is presented by Monster Energy Drink. We have uh, joining us members from Papa Roach and also We as Human. Uh, the Carnival of Madness tour takes off on the 11th of August. And New Jersey winds its way through the East Coast and then out to the Midwest uh, all through the month of August. So it's a pretty big tour. It runs almost to the end of September when it hits Washington, uh, Nevada, and things like that. So it's going to be coming to Pittsburgh on the 20th of uh, August at the First Niagara Pavilion, Burgestown, PA. So we're going to talk to Jerry of Papa Roach, a band that's been around for quite a long time, a band that I think a lot of people sort of lumped, lumped in with the new metal sound. Uh, I know their sound has kind of evolved over the years. Uh, I actually have owned to kind of like a lot of their newer material. So I'm going to check that out. I, I know I saw them for the first time as part of the Crew Fest and was pretty impressed. So talk to Jerry of Papa Roach, and then uh, we'll catch you on the other side of that. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got Jerry Horton, guitarist for Papa Roach. How you doing today, Jerry? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us. I know uh, pretty busy. Um, so right now you guys are planning to head down to South America for a few days? Yes. Yeah, we're doing uh, um, two dates in Brazil, two, uh, two other shows, one in Argentina, one in Chile, and then we fly straight from there. Into the Carnival Madness Tour. So you guys don't get any type of breaks, right? No, we're on a break right now. It's like a couple of weeks, and then we leave Monday. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, talk a little bit about, I mean, you guys are seem to be touring quite a bit. You've got South American dates coming up. You've got the Carnival of Madness. And then this fall, you guys are going to be headlining in Europe, correct? That's correct. Um. Is there like I mean, this constant touring? Does this like take a toll on you, or I mean, is it 
what you live for? It's, I mean, it's a little bit of both. You know, we we have uh, we have our moments. You know, we we had hit some time off when Jacoby had his his surgery on his vocal cords. Right. Um, so we're just kind of making up for a lost time, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, we're just hitting it hard until the end of the year, and then uh, get you know getting to, getting around to places that that want us to come and and that we haven't been in a while and. Um, and then we're going to go in uh, after the end of the year, I think probably around February, start writing for another record. Cool. Yeah, um, speaking of record, you guys released um, your last album back in October, right? The Connection. And then you recently released a a deluxe version? Yeah, we just did a deluxe version for uh, Europe. It was just a touring touring version where we had a couple of shows um, on, you know, we recorded a couple of shows and uh, it, uh, we put that together um, along with, uh, we rec- the, we did a TV show for Access TV right. uh, and that, we put that in there as well and um, it was, we did a pretty, pretty limited run but, you know, it was something that, uh, we wanted to do for the European fans because they couldn't actually see the broadcast of right. the Access TV show. So it was, you know, a way to kind of make that available for them. Cool, cool. Is there any plans at all? I mean, you guys did a live DVD back in 2005, I believe. Is there plans to do a new one anytime soon? Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, we're going <laughs> to do, uh, at the end of the European headliner tour, uh, we're gonna. The last date is at Brixton Academy in London, mm-hmm. and we're gonna re- we're gonna film there. Uh, it's it's something that that we've talked about doing for a while, uh, right? And that's it, that place is you know it's a legendary place, uh, and you know there's been a few bands to do their their um, live DVDs there, uh, and the one that we love from there is Faith No More. Right. And, uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work up a a, a cool set for that, and um, we're gonna have some production and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a great vibe, and uh, it's a great venue, and and I'm I'm really excited about it. Cool. Now, do you guys prepare for that type of show differently than you would a normal show? Uh, I think you know. We're, that, that'll be the last date on the tour, so you know we're gonna really pay attention to what what works and what doesn't, and you know right. try and really refine the set to a point where it's bulletproof by the by the time we get there. Right now, you playing multiple nights there. Because I know some bands will like do a live DVD with a combination of like multiple nights. Are you guys just doing one night? No, it's just one night. Cool, so it's, you know, one chance to get it all right. But you have everything polished yeah. by then, hopefully. Um, yeah. Now, with all this touring and stuff, how do you guys feel about making set lists? I'm sorry, say that again? Like, you guys, you know, touring constantly. Do, do you guys play the same set every night, or do you like to change it up a lot? How do you guys come up with the set list? Um, we like to have a little bit of consistency. Uh, right. But if, if something's not working... Uh, we'll, you know, change, we'll change out a song here and there. Um, but generally if we find something that, 
that works, we'll stick with it for a while. I mean, we, right. we change the set, you know, every every tour. Right. It's not like we play the same set, you know, every tour. But you want to keep it yeah. fresh. Yeah. Um, one thing that's been a lot in the news lately is a lot of bands are starting to come out and asking fans not to uh, take pictures with their cell phones and stuff. Do you guys think that's like a big distraction? Um, that's what I think. You know, that's what I think it is. Uh, right. I don't. I don't. I don't mind people taking pictures. I don't mean. I don't mind people taking video, but it's for for me, uh, and maybe I'm just old school. It just seems right. like it takes away from the person being able to enjoy the moment. Um, right. Pay all this money for you know, a ticket, and you're gonna. You pay money for the ticket. You you go through all the pains of getting up to the front. You know, you're hitting people on the sides. You know, wedging your way up to the front, and then you're watching it through a little screen, just so you can have it later. But you know. Tons of other people have videotaped it. You can just watch it on YouTube. <laughs> right, you know I mean? right. So, yeah, seems... but you know, whatever makes people happy, I guess. But to me, I feel like I want I want that for people to to just be in the moment and and be part of like the, the the tribal experience. You know. Right. I know some bands have even gone so far as to ban any type of photography at shows. Um, yeah, that's. Which... I mean, I understand that from the band's point of view, but. At the same time, you don't want people going away right. with a, you know, a bad taste in their mouth about, you know, whether you know whether whether you think it's good for them or not. Obviously, you, right. you still need to give them the option. So right. Um, you guys have been doing this for twenty some years already. You know, twenty like you guys have been together as Papa Roach for twenty years. Next year, I yeah. believe. Um, you know, your latest album, The Connection. Is there anything you guys you know how? Do you see yourself as grown from your first album to this most recent album? Well, I mean, you know, it's just a it's a musical journey for us. You know, we've always uh, changed and evolved, and um, we have things about we have certain uh, elements that have sort of remained the same throughout our right. career. But you know, we we do like to we do like to change it up and. And sort of the whole thing is, you know, whatever we're listening to at the time, we'll, uh, whatever we are drawn to and right. and uh, are interested in, we'll sort of take that and try and integrate it into our sound. And, and um, you know, we've, we've, on the Paramore sessions, we had, we sort of had a little bit more of a classic rock vibe you know mm-hmm. we were listening to a lot of vinyl and we wanted to make you know one of those classic rock albums um, right and then uh you know with metamorphosis we had more of a we wanted to have a little more urgency to the sound uh and then on this last one we decided to experiment with electronics and and mm-hmm. uh you know bring in some different sounds and, and textures and stuff and um you know, the goal was to not do it to where it took away from the rock band part right. of it. Uh, and uh, we're really happy with how it came out. We have it. It's a great album. Um, when you you mentioned after this you know, European tour is done, you guys are going to start preparing a new album. Is that something you guys do on the road, or will you do that once you're done touring? 
Um, historically, we haven't really done it on the road, but I right. think uh, in the interest of, you know, not taking too much time off, I think mm-hmm. we'll probably start start writing on the road. It'll probably be on that Carnival of Madness tour where we'll have sort of the uh, we'll have a um, guaranteed uh, accommodations, I guess you could say, right. where we could set up and and play together, you know, on on a really small scale. So yeah, we'll 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 definitely start writing, um, and then hopefully be in a good a good place to to start recording in I I think probably around March. Cool, cool. Um, cool. I uh, want to thank you for taking time to talk to us. I know I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, on the Carnival of Madness tour when you guys hit the area yeah, here. Thanks. And uh, you know, so you know, good luck on you know the down in South America, and uh, we'll be seeing you here soon in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Thanks. All right, thanks for coming on the show. Queens of the Stone Age are back. On tour in support of their new album, Like Clockwork. Available for pre-order now. Queens of the Stone Age. Gates open at 6.30 Saturday, September 14th at Stage AE Outdoors. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster. Brought to you by Promo West, North Shore, and Coors Light. And a big thanks to Jerry of Papa Roach. Again, they'll be on the Carnival of Madness tour uh, with bands like Skillet, uh, the omnipresent Shinedown, uh, probably one of the biggest bands in America right now. Uh, and another band we're going to talk to in just a second here, the band is We As Humans, a uh, Christian band out of Nashville. Uh, they're not originally from Nashville. We get into that in the interview. Um, we talk a lot about uh, the band's writing process. Justin Cordell uh, joins us, and Justin, uh, the song that really caught my attention was a song called Sever which was about the loss of his uh, nephew to, to pediatric cancer. So we talked quite a bit about that. Uh, it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, so it was great that Justin kind of opened up and talked to us a little bit about that. So without further ado, I'm going to play you a little bit of the track Sever, and we're going to talk to Justin Cordell of We As You. Justin Cordell. How you doing, man? I'm wonderful. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Uh, you're going to be coming into town, uh, part of the Carnival of Madness show, and uh, we wanted to get a chance to learn a little bit more about the band. You guys are originally from Nashville? Is that correct? Uh, no, we're not originally from Nashville. We live there right now. Okay. Uh, we've lived in Nashville for about two years. Okay. Uh, but we're originally from Idaho, believe it or not, like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Northwest, uh, in a little town called Sandpoint. 
Did you make the, the move to Nashville just uh, because of the music scene there, which is obviously so hot? I don't think he lost the battle with cancer. 
said, I believe my son is in a much better place. I believe that he's in heaven with Jesus and, and the cancer is dead and in the ground. And so she said, I don't see how that's a loss. She said, we obviously feel the loss amongst ourselves, but Tyler didn't lose his battle cancer. He won. That, that was really inspirational. I mean, I thought that was great. The mother just lost her son to say something like that. So that's really where, uh, that's where the songs ever found its views. That's where uh, inspiration came from. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome, and, and that's, that's a, a great way to look at it, you know. I mean, obviously, we here on Earth I think still so. mourn the loss, you know, of loved ones, but you know, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a great way to look at it. Um, when you guys moved into to doing the full-length album, obviously, you used a couple of the tracks uh, for the for the major label debut, but um, did you write a lot of these songs kind of on the road in the time leading up between 2011 and 2013, or... You know, were these some new new tracks you just kind of kicked out for the album? Yeah, and we wrote everywhere. <laughs> I wrote in bathrooms. I wrote <laughs> in dressing rooms. I wrote in the van. Uh, we just wrote everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you guys write? Um, yeah, I can hear you. Um, do you guys write is a cohesive unit, or do you do most of the lyrics and then kind of the band fills in the rest, or how do, how do you work the songs out? Yeah, there's no we have a found in the right. When the band and I write together, I write all the lyrics and the melodies. Um, the band, uh, you know, the band will write the music. Uh, or I'll go to a co-write, and me and the co-writer will write the music and, and the lyrics and melody and everything together. Um, I found that there's just no one way to write a song. Um, mm-hmm. It happened in so many different that's what I love about it. It's not the same monotonous routine that you have to put yourself in in order to write. That your sure. views can come from anywhere. And I've actually learned to uh, kind of grab my phone. You know, like if you watch the movie or, or traveling or whatever, uh, any sort of life daily life and all of a sudden an idea will get me or whatever and so I'll grab my phone and I'll record the rough idea into my phone that way when I do sit down to write I'm not going in full I've yeah. got this phone full of like silly ideas that I recorded um, sometimes like in the middle of the night I'll, I'll get an idea I'll wake up with an idea and I'll kind of grab my phone and roll over in bed and wait for my wife and try to like whisper it <laughs> yeah. into my phone those are a little harder to decipher when the songwriting time comes for sure but yeah, um, we, we write in all sorts of different ways, but I'm definitely the primary uh, songwriter, and I write most of the lyrics. So. Awesome. Now, when when you're when you're yeah, writing, definitely. do you tend to just sing the um, like a melody or something into the like the voice recorder, or do you use tools like GarageBand or things like that? Yeah, again, uh, oh, I've used GarageBand, Logic, Pro Tools. I've used the voice recorders on my phone. If I'm with a friend and my phone's dead, I'll. I'll grab their phone and, and download a, a recorder onto it so right. that I can record on their phone. That's um, we use anything that's available, anything that I can get my hands on is accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that, just, just me personally, because of the way that my, my brain works or it doesn't work, um, I've got to get, I've got to get it uh, down and record it as soon as I can or else, or else uh, I'll start to forget sure. what what exactly it was that, that sparked that and what the initial melody because a lot of times that first melody and that first line that comes into your head yeah. uh, and that, that 
oftentimes the most important, as it was with the case of a band or of a song on our new album called uh, Secret of Bullets Away. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that title came into my head, and the entire first verse and melody popped into my head in about, like, I don't know, like 20 seconds. So I was actually driving uh, to a, a writing session, and I pulled my iPad out, and I'm driving on the interstate. And I on my iPad, like, singing into my iPad, trying to get GarageBand open <laughs> so that I can, like, lay this down and not forget it, which I don't recommend for anybody to type on your iPad drive, but I did, uh, would take the bullets away. But you just got to get it. Those moments are few and far between sometimes. you got to get them all over there. Yeah, as long, as long as you're not running off the road and you can capture, you know, a hit song, it's important. Um, working with Howard Benson, can you yeah, talk about... <laughs> Talk about um, Howard's impact on the project. Obviously, uh, a man with an incredibly long uh, and very successful career of production. Was that process intimidating working with him? Um, intimidating? I would say that the onset it was. Uh, I mean, the man's a legend. Yeah. Uh, he's done some of the most incredible work that I've ever heard, with especially in the modern rock genre. Right. Um, I think back to albums like Beauty's Babylon record. That for me, it was a it was just a game changer for me personally in my mm-hmm. own life. Um, I absolutely love that record, Flyleaf. I love Flyleaf and all of his work with them and Three Days Grace, Three Doors Down, and so many of those other bands that were really formative in my uh, early music years, uh, discovering who I was musically and, and discovering what music really moved me and changed me. And uh, so he produced a lot of those bands, so uh, when when Howard threw his hat in the ring uh, as a possible producer for our record, that he loved to produce us, I was really blown away, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, sure, we were sure we were rather intimidated at first, and he came out to a show, uh, we were on the Winter Jam tour playing Nashville, Tennessee at the Bridgestone Arena, and Howard came out with some, uh, some of our other friends from, from our label, and, uh, and he was just such a laid-back, cool guy, uh, just really non-assuming, non-threatening, and, and he's, he's, he's a lover of music like we are, and as soon as we saw that we had that moment that we're both there for the music, uh, that really took a lot of the, a lot of the uh, intimidation and nerves away, and we were able to just kind of begin to foster a really great uh, artist-producer relationship that still goes on to this day. I love Howard, and uh, love working with him. music man had a great time down there. He was awesome to work with, just really, really laid back. Uh, it wasn't you know, there was just no pressure. He really had a lot of respect for what we did, and uh, we respect him for what he what he has done and what he did with us. So, mm-hmm. a great relationship with work with Alan for sure. Yeah. One one other question on the writing process: When you write, obviously, um, with the themes that you write about, do you have to to kind of make a conscious effort um, to not be too preachy in your lyrics? Is that something that you kind of keep in your head? Or, or do you just kind of let the, the lyrics kind of take you wherever your thoughts are going? That's a great question. Uh, and one I'm glad you asked. They get asked by a lot of bands that want to do what we do as mm-hmm. far as, we, you know, we'll play in the Christian market. Yeah. And do Christian tours, but we'll also play in the general market, mainstream mm-hmm. market. And we love doing that. Uh, and to be perfectly honest with you, it's not anything that we've calculated. It's not anything that we sat down and and said, okay, how can we how can we work this out and change ourselves into this kind of marketable and whole and whole genre uh, market kind of a band, you know? Right. We really work this out. It wasn't that at all. From from the very first uh, few songs that 
uh, we started writing. That's just where we landed. That's where our that's where our lyrics just just kind of mm-hmm. came from a really genuine spot. Now, not to say that I haven't written creepy songs before. I have um, to use your word, creepy. Um, right. I uh, I definitely have, and they're songs that I love. Uh, but at the end of the day, the best song was you know not the most creepy or less creepy song, but it's the best song. Right. Yeah, I just noticed that, you know, especially in the in sort of the modern rock genre, um, you know, you think of bands like yourself, Devil Wears Prada, The Letter Black, where you're getting songs that I think are, are giving a very, very positive message and a very Christian message, but they're not Michael W. Smith. You know, when I use the word preachy, that's probably where I'm going with that, because I know it, growing up as a teenager myself, when a lot of the bands uh, of that genre released songs and they were labeled Christian, it was almost the kiss of death commercially because they were so in your face, you know, with their messages um, that it, it kind of turned, you know, a lot of teens and things like that off. Really, the only band I can think of, of you know, probably the 80s and 90s that didn't kind of drive people away with that was Striper, you know, which are obviously kind of a, you know, the benchmark. I think a lot of Christian bands will be compared to for a long time. But... Um, you know, and I wasn't. I was just curious if there was a, um, you know, if that's something that you kind of do rewrite sometimes to, to alter the messages or, you know. But it's phenomenal, you know, to, to, you know, the content with such positive messages. So that's kind of where I was going with that. Um, you guys are going to be uh, doing the Carnival of Madness tour, um, which features, you know, probably arguably one of the biggest bands in America right now, Shine Down. Um, anything special going on for that? I mean, you guys are uh, you're going to be opening the show, am I correct? Yeah, Carnival Madness. I fully expect it to be full of madness, rock and roll <laughs> madness. <laughs> we are we're planning a, a really cool set uh, just on our end of things, and I've heard uh, you know I've heard from Shine Down and and Papa Roach and Skillet in, in this moment that they are all planning some really killer shows as well. Um, you know, I, I, and just some of the production that is going to be happening on this tour is going to be insane, man. So I'm really excited about it. I think I'm more excited about this tour than I've ever been about any tour we've ever done. This is going to be just, just full-on in-your-face rock and roll. And uh, I think the audience is going to just flip over what we all have planned, for sure. Yeah, I'm more excited about it, man. I have to say I'm kind of jealous. Just at the slot you guys are in, you can kind of kick back, get your work out of the way, and sit down and enjoy a bunch of great music after you're done every night, too. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. Uh, you know, I know from Absolutely. just from a seeing in this moment and shine down and stuff like that, the killer set. So it's going to be a great one. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show with me. I wish you guys the best of luck out on the road with the carnival. Thank you very much. We look forward to being in your city. Awesome. All right, a big thanks to Justin from the band We as Humans. Again, they'll be there on the 20th in Burgettstown, Pennsylvania, but the tour starts on 11th of August, runs the whole way till like the 15th or 16th of September out on the West Coast. So if you're in the United States, chances are the tour is going to get you a shine down skillet, pop or roach, we as humans, in this moment, and I'm probably leaving a few out in addition to that. So a uh, pretty good bang for your buck uh, in this moment. Uh, phenomenal band. Really, really looking forward to uh, getting a chance to see them. Uh, for those of you going to the show in Pittsburgh, uh, you can leave your cameras at home. We'll have a photographer out there doing uh, pictorials on all the bands. You can check those out at ironcityrocks.com. Next up, we're going to talk to a band uh, along the same lines as our other guests this evening. Uh, this is a band called Era 9. Uh, they're out of Montreal, uh, so we got some uh, 
northern rock, hard rock, I would call it. We're joined by Philip of the band. Uh, he's the lead vocalist, also plays keyboards a little bit in the band. Uh, I've got a great, great album. Uh, it's actually an EP uh, for those a little bit older EPs, albums. Uh, EPs are a little bit shorter. Uh, as we talk about in this, this is kind of they're putting their best foot forward instead of giving us you know, 13 songs of which seven or eight are really good and some filler that is opted to do, you know, put their best six songs together. So from Montreal, this is Aaron Nye. Welcome from the band Aaron Nine. We have vocalist Philip Paolino on the line. How you doing, man? Very good. Yourself, John? I am doing very, very well. You guys have a, uh, an EP out, a fantastic uh, album I've been listening to 
uh, most of the morning. Can you talk a little bit about the you know the progression of, of what led to turn day? Well, turn day to us meant basically turning a page, uh, evolving uh, the idea of progression, and um, it, it was basically that we wanted to pick the the five or six best songs that we could potentially write that represented that for us, um, represented the next step musically and professionally, personally. And we picked the six best songs, really. We just put them in, a, in an EP, and uh, that's how Turn Day came to be. Now, now um, one of the things I noticed in the music, I mean, like you, your um, debut was you know, kind of a typical 10-song album, but I, I noticed a lot of bands, uh, in the industry today, going towards EPs, is that is that sort of a choice by what makes the most sense because of the environmental record label, or is it just a time consideration? Well, it, it's a factor. Like there's different factors that go into it, but the fact is, is that we didn't want to, to say, you know what, we had already came up with a, with a debut album. We didn't want to say, let's make another album, have five good songs on it, and just butcher five songs and slap it on there. No, we want to have six quality songs, every single song had to matter, had to have a idea, had to have a foundation. We didn't want to say, just shove that in there to take up room. We wanted everything to mean something and to really, really be strong on its own. Yeah, and that's that's a great point because, you know, you look back, you know, some of the classic albums of, of all time, you know, your Van Halen, your Black Sabbath, things like that, you'll, you'll see eight or nine songs and we kind of grew into a record industry where you would see artists release 13 or 14 songs in 78-minute albums, of which, you know, kind of like what you were alluding to there, you might have 30 minutes of quality material in amongst 70 minutes of music, so it does make a lot of sense. Um, you yeah. guys originally, you're out of uh, Montreal, correct? Yeah, Montreal, Canada. Now, Mon Montreal is pretty bustling music scene, correct? Well, Montreal, what's great about that is just the cultural diversity is, I think, is unlike any other, really. Yeah, I, I, that's, I mean, I know as a, a fan of, like, you know, hard rock and metal, there's a lot coming out of the Montreal area. Well, there's a great, like, variety. I mean, there's jazz, I mean, there's pop, there's classical, there's rock. I mean, the scene is just so diverse and so many, uh, there's so many racial influences and, and just so much diversity that you can get whatever you want. Yeah. Um, now, being north of the border, does that make it, does that make it more challenging for, for a band to get the interest of, you know, label support and things like that? Or is it kind of because of, you know, the, the cultural center of Montreal is, is it easier? Well, I think that these days we don't necessarily live in a label world. I mean, um, I mean, like we're completely independent. We don't have a, a label behind us. Uh, but and yet again, we still managed to release, you know, two releases: one being an album, one being an EP. And now we're touring in the states. So Canada, the, the problem with Canada is that it's a very large country. It's difficult to tour. Yeah. Because we're a bigger country than the U.S. in surface area, but we're one tenth of the population. Yeah. So to get to those big populations, you got to drive a lot. The distance is quite quite long, as opposed to the states. What we've been realizing is that you know you drive three hours between shows, and you get like great crowds. Well, that's yeah, very that's difficult in Canada. Yeah. 
Yeah, a good good friend of the show, uh, another show that we work with, their host is out of Winnipeg. Uh, and the four folks, I think they're three days from everywhere. You know, so when, you know, people come out for a show, I mean, the upside is when people come to Winnipeg, you know, people show up. But uh, it's such a haul to get there. You know, that, that's tough. Um, now, you, you mentioned being an independent um, artist. I mean, is that... You know, it, it seems to be a trend. Is that a is it better for you guys? Do you think as artists, because obviously you're able to keep a bigger slice of the pie, you know, financially, or is it is it is there any downside to it that you see? Well, I I think it's all relative. I mean, there's always pros and cons to everything. I mean, um, being independent, we we don't necessarily have the the label behind us, the label uh, with its already established contacts, continuously pushing, pushing, pushing. We got to do that on our own. We have a team and we have our publicist, Lulu Cohen. We have our manager, Jeremy Williams. I mean, we have a team that does that for us instead of a label. However, right. the, the, the advantage of that is that instead of having a corporation do that for you, we have personal built relationships with these individuals, Lulu and Jeremy, and I think that's a, 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 a more organic and natural relationship to have. I think the fruits that that will bear can outweigh the ones of a label, potentially. Yeah, I mean, that, that is an excellent point, because, you know, if you, you have a you know, booking agent, a manager, a publicist that isn't getting the results you need, you're at the disposal to, you know make a move if you need to, where if you're, you know, backed by a giant, you know, one of these mega corporations that are less in the record industry, you're kind of at their disposal with their, you know, they've got, you know, those PR departments and things are internal, so obviously that's a, a bit of a limitation. You can't fire the label PR people, for example. So, exactly. Uh, great point. Um, you guys are on the road right now. Um, you're doing some dates with some pop people in Drowning Pool. How, are, how is that going so far? That's, I mean, I mean, I'm speechless, to be honest. I mean, uh, Top Evil, the guys are great. Drowning Pool, the guys are great. The shows have been awesome. We're actually headed out to uh, Salt Lake City because we're playing with them again tonight. <laughs> and uh, honestly, it's just, it's just been terrific. I mean, i got nothing bad to say. I mean, uh, the bands are awesome. They're awesome to talk to. Uh, like, we're just developing relationships and becoming friends with these guys. And that's how receptive and how open they are to welcoming a Canadian smaller band than they are into their world. And you know what? That's very, it's very heartwarming for us because we're not having to yeah. deal with, with uh, arrogant people or, uh, yeah. or, or, or people that put a damper on things. You know, they, they, it just gives a very, very positive vibe throughout the whole thing, throughout the whole experience. Yeah. Now, is this, is it those three bands all on the bill at one time? The way the website looks, it looks like you're doing some shows with Poppy, one set of shows with Drowning Four. Is this a package tour? No, it's, uh, we're all on the same bill at the same time, and there's also a okay. fourth band by the name of Gemini Syndrome. Awesome, awesome, yeah. Yeah, I know that uh, Pittsburgh uh, has hit where I'm from personally, have, have loved Pop Evil. Um, guys from, if I remember correctly, from Michigan, so they're used to the probably. Climate-wise, a lot of the same stuff you guys are dealing with up in uh, up in Montreal. Um, I know you're doing some shows in West Virginia, which is 
uh, certainly within our market area, so we look forward to seeing you guys when you come around. Um, do you guys have plans uh, once you come off the road with that tour? And kind of what's next? Well, um, right now, after the tour, we're basically just organizing more dates. There's more things to come. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet. I mean, uh, there's many things to expect. But like I said, I want to I wanna build up the suspense. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that well, I, so I want to thank you so much Phil for coming on the show uh, it's been great well, and I, I really enjoy your new EP well thank you very much John and I gotta say it's a pleasure to, to be on the show and uh, just for everybody out there all the listeners the EP is launching on August 13th it's called Turn Day we are Air 9 from Montreal Quebec Canada and go grab a copy alright a giant thanks to all of you for joining us Air 9 Papa Roach we as humans all on the show again Carnal Madness Tour uh, which is kind of the spotlight of this episode. is going to be hitting Burgettstown on the 20th of August. We'll have a cameraman out there to give you all the cool pics and stuff. So you can check that out at ironcityrocks.com or facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Also, you can find us on YouTube, which we've been getting a little more active in. Uh, we featured an interview with a band called The Aristocrats. Uh, they're a, call them rock, jazz, fusion, uh, pure awesomeness. Uh, that interview is on YouTube. You can go to youtube.com forward slash Iron City Rocks. We invite you to subscribe. Uh, we're going to be throwing up some interviews from there from time to time, but don't worry, we'll mix that interview in for those of you who enjoy to listen to this in the car or in the podcast, whatever. We invite any and all feedback, ironcityrocks at gmail.com, and we would deeply appreciate feedback, ratings, etc. on iTunes. So you can check that out as well. Until next time, I want to thank you so much for listening. 